Uh, this is, we are continuing, good afternoon everybody, we are continuing the laws of Kriyachma, we are on page 163, uh, continuing in the Halachot that we started discussing for the last two Shirim. So I just want to uh, summarize two different points that uh, have been quite that are going to overlap today's year. We first discussed whether the mitzvah of Kriyachma is Dorite or the Rabbanan. Is there an obligation from the Torah or rabbinically to recite Kriyachma? And we said uh, that Halach Lamai said we paskin against Tosfot as a, uh, together with most of the Rishonim, which seems to be the simple understanding of the Psukim and of the Sugyot in various uh, tractates in the Talmud that the mitzvah of Kriyachma is a Torah obligation. Once we established that, we then discussed something else. What, what part of Kriyachma is, is a Torah obligation? We saw some opinions, the first paragraph, some opinions, the second paragraph, some opinions, the third paragraph. We then went on to a second discussion, and that is, do mitzvot srichot kavana? Do mitzvot in general need kavana, need intention? And then we saw that that is a huge discussion also in the Gemara and also in the Rishonim. Most Rishonim understand that mitzvot srichot kavana, and that's generally how the Shulchan Aruch paskins, that mitzvot need intention or focus in order to fulfill one's obligation. But when we discuss that intention, what are we talking about? And here, uh, let's, let's just read it in the English over here. Every mitzvah has two components, the physical component, shaking a lulav or putting on tefillin, and the contemplative component, which consists of the kavanah and thoughts that accompany the physical action of the mitzvah and elevate the spiritual impact of the mitzvah to a higher level. So when we're talking about kavanah, what are we really referring to? Last week here, we were referring to the first category, meaning I'm cognizant of the fact that I'm picking up a lulav to fulfill a mitzvah. That is, that is mitzvot shichot kavana. In general, that's what we say. When we need to have intention, the assumption is I know what I'm doing, meaning I'm not just uh, um, you know, acting sleeping. I'm, I'm cognizant of the fact that I'm picking up a lulav. And I'm not picking up a, uh, a cucumber, a cucumber. I know what I'm picking up. I, I'm, and so I know what I'm doing. And it's for the sake of fulfilling God's, uh, God's command. That is, in general, what we talk about when we say mitzvot, srichot, kavana. But then there's a second level of kavana. And that is, not only do I know that I'm doing a certain action because Hashem commanded, but I'm, I'm really going into the depths and the understanding of what exactly does Hashem want me to gain by doing this action other than the fact that I'm fulfilling a mitzvah. And here we find that, now that's not regarding all mitzvot, but we're going to see a few mitzvot, specifically the mitzvah of Kriyachma and the mitzvah of perhaps tefillah or the first bracha of the of the tefillah that there is a certain cognizant level that is needed over and above just knowing that I'm doing something because Hashem commanded. So that is what we're going to be discussing in today's shir. Um, and, and, and also we'll discuss pronunciation and, and, and how one actually recites the, 
the Kriyashma, but let's let's begin. And this is really the topic of this Mishnah. The Gemara in in, in Masechet Brachot, Tafyud Gimel, brings a brighter. Tanur Rabbanan, we know in the first paragraph of Shema, Vayuat Varim Al Levavecha, and these words shall be upon your heart. So says the brighter Yachote Kolaparashatri Kavana. You might think that the entire first paragraph needs intention. Talmud Lomar Ha'ele. No, these words, Advarim Ha'ele. Right? Only these words. Ad kan tricha kavana, mikan ve'elach en tricha kavana. Diver Rabbi So according to Rabbi basically the first few lines of Kriyachma need kavana. We'll discuss it in a moment. But after that, not. And I'm a Rabbi Akiva. Harei Omer Asher Anachim Tzavcha Yom Al Levavecha. That since the Torah says Al Levavecha upon your heart, mikanatana mechek kol aparasha kulat tricha kavana. The entire first paragraph needs intention. And I'm a Rabbi Babachana Rabbi Yochanan halachik Rabbi Akiva. And here we have an Amora Rabbi Yochanan paskening halacha like Rabbi Akiva. That's going to be important. Why? Because we have then a third opinion brought down in the Gemara. Tana Rabbanan Shema Yisrael Hashem Alkein Hashem Echad Ad Kan Shricha Kavanat Aleiv Diber Rabbi Meir. Up until this time, we need the intention of the heart. This is opinion of Rabbi Meir. And I'm a Rava Halacha Kerabi Meir. And Rava, who is a, a later Amora, says the Halacha follows Rabbi Meir. So basically, assuming that the second brighter is referring to the same topic. And the reason why I say assuming, because in the second bright, if you look carefully, there's an extra word. Ad kan tzricha kavanat halev. If you look at the first brighter, it just says, is there a difference between kavanat halev and kavana? So we are going to assume that there is no difference. And if there's no difference, then we really have three different opinions of the Tanaim. One opinion says, I need intention for the first few paragraphs until Alevavecha. That's Rabbi Yezer. The second opinion, Rabbi Akiva holds the entire first paragraph, and that is bolstered by the Amora, Rabbi Yochanan. The third opinion is Rabbi Meir, who holds that the Halacha is only the first, the first verse. And that is Paskan by Rabbah. Now, what's interesting over here is that generally, when you're talking about rules in Psak, so usually if we have a machloket between Tanaim, Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva is, is generally uh, uh, favored. Uh, also, when we have a machloket between Amoraim, Rabbi Yochanan is favored over Reish Lakish. Rabbi Yochanan is a serious player. So one would have thought that the halacha of Iyah follows Rabbi Akiva and Rabbi Yochanan. However, there is a uh, there, there, there is also here the opinion of Rava, and Rava is usually considered the later opinion that is really has seen the entire gamut of opinions, and therefore his weight is very very much uh, accepted as halacha. What's called in, in, in the halachic literature, Rava Batra. He is the later or last opinion, and therefore his uh, decision has more weight. 
And this is really how we'll see the Rishonim Paskin. Let's see how the Rishonim Paskin. Let's, first of all, let's clarify what the Kavana is. As we'll see, there's going to be a machloket between the Ra'ah and the Rashba. We'll see a seeming machloket. And also, so what is Kavana? And over and above that, who do we Paskin like? Meaning, whatever the Kavana is, do we follow Rabbi Yezer, Rabbi Akiva, or Rabbi Meir? So let's see the opinion of the Ra'ah. There are three different types of intention. Two of these apply to all 613 mitzvot. And a third category, which is unique to Kriyachma. And I'm going to say unique to Kriyachma, perhaps another few mitzvot, perhaps Tfila, perhaps a few other mitzvot. Um, the first category that applies to all mitzvot is that a person cannot, needs to know, needs to be, have a certain cognizance of what he is doing. That he, he's not just reading uh, for, the sake, for the sake of pronouncing things for the sake of, of uh, checking that the spelling is correct, but he's doing an act of reading. Right? And the same mitasek regarding a shofar, when a person is blowing a shofar, if he's just thinking that he's doing a musical instrument, he's not, he's not cognizant of the fact that he's blowing a shofar, that is a level that is not accepted on any mitzvah, meaning the basic level of, of intention that one needs is one has to be cognizant of the fact that one is doing a specific action. And I'm doing the action for the sake of fulfilling a mitzvah. So if, if I think I'm holding a, uh, I'm holding a shofar, but if I think I'm holding a trumpet, right, it doesn't work. I need to be cognizant that I'm holding a shofar, that I'm blowing a shofar, that I'm holding a lulav, I'm not holding a cucumber. And furthermore, that I'm doing it for the sake of the mitzvah. That's the second category that he says, yeah, the second intention. And this is regarding all the mitzvot. This second category is the question of whether mitzvot tzvichot kavanah, meaning... I need to know that I'm blowing a shofar, that I'm holding a shofar, that I'm holding a lulav. Do I need to say that I'm doing it in order to fulfill a Torah obligation? That is the question of whether mitzvot shichot kavana or not. The kvar katibnad anan de mitzvot ain't shichot kavana, let's say today chova. Here the ra'ah, again, we didn't pass him like the ra'ah, but the ra'ah is one of the Rishonim who say, no. As long as you are cognizant of what you are doing, meaning I know that I'm blowing a shofar, I know that I'm picking up a lulav, that according to the ra'ah is good enough. Halakha say we generally paskin that no, Shukhalaru says it's not good enough. You also need to be cognizant that I'm doing it in order to fulfill an obligation. But here comes what's unique to Kriyachma. Vashlishi kavanat alev. What does it mean? Bechol teiva not that I'm just fulfilling, um, you know, that I'm fulfilling a mitzvah. 
that I have intention for Akash Baruch Hu Kefim Mashe Yodeaba. Bal Kavaza Zor Nechlaku Begemara Baalib de Hilchota Ki Pepasuk Rishon. Explains the Ra'ah that the entire machloket between the three Tanaim was regarding this third category of intention. And what is that third category of intention according to the Ra'ah? Basically, that I am understanding each the meaning of each word as much as I can. Meaning, when I say Shema Yisrael, Hashem, what does it mean Hashem? Obviously, everyone has a different perception of Hashem, and the more we can understand Hashem as, as we delve deeper and, and, and be, be, learn more Torah, we can understand God, but we'll always you know, be very far away from really understanding who God is and what God is. So that's what he's saying. When you say the word Hashem, so you have some type of appreciation of what God means, and that's that that's what is needed for Kriyachma. This extra level of intention, and he paskens the Hilchata Rishon, according to the Ra'ah. So, number one, what level of intention is to understand the meaning of the words as much as each person uh, is able to, to uh, grasp? Number two, what part of Shema is do we paskin like? We paskin like Rabbi Meir, like Rava. Only the first verse is this extra level of, uh, of Kavanah necessary. Let's see the opinion of the Rashba. The Rashba says, Kavanatainyan. needs the intention of the topic, of the concept. Klomar. One should not be distracted from other things in order that one can accept upon himself the yoke of heaven, the kingdom of heaven. And this idea, this level of intention is also for the first bracha of the Amida. Bezrat Hashem, volume 11, we'll start learning uh, the laws of the Amida. But says the Rashba, it's the same level of intention. And the reason explains the Rashba. All other positive commandments. Right? As long as you did the mitzvah, even if you didn't have intention, what exactly you're doing, you fulfilled your obligation. It's not the best way to do it. Change them in a mufchar. The kosher ken sheyatzayim kiven latzeit af al pi sheherher beemsa mitzvah. Even if one's mind was distracted in the middle, it's not a problem. You still fulfill your obligation. Aval elu shein kabalat malchut shamayim, but kriyat shma, which is the acceptance of the yoke of heaven, or sidur shvachim, or when it comes to the tefillah, when you are praising Hakadosh Baruch Hu. It's not good enough that your mind starts, starts wondering. And here's the distinction between the rest of the 18 brachot and the first bracha in Amida and the first pasuk in Kriyachma versus the rest of Kriyachma. Because if this is this, if it's dependent on whether we general have the general discussion of mitzvot, shichot, kavanah or not, mali brachari shona, mali shar brachot. 
what is the difference between the first bracha and the other brachot, right? So basically, what is what is the Rashba saying? The Rashba is agreeing with the Ra that says that there is something unique to the mitzvah of Kriyat Shema and Tefillah, which we don't have regarding all other mitzvot. Regarding all other mitzvot, there's a discussion, mitzvot shrichot kavana or not shrichot kavana. That's a general discussion. The Raha paskins one way, the Rashba paskins another way, however they paskin. Okay. But over and above that, clearly regarding Kriyat Shema, one needs an added level. According to the Ra'ah, it seemed that he was focusing on a literal understanding of the words that one is saying, as much as one can grasp. According to the Rashba, it didn't seem, it doesn't seem that it is the literal meaning of the words that is critical. It is rather a general understanding of Kabbalat Machut that one accepts the yoke of heaven when it comes to Kriyat Shema. Even if, let's say, a person um, living in New York or wherever it is, doesn't know one word of Hebrew. He knows how to read it, but he doesn't understand Hebrew. But he knows that the first paragraph or the first pasuk of Kriyat is about accepting the yoke of heaven. And he recites it. According to the Rashba, he fulfills his obligation. According to the Ra'ah, it's, it's, it's not so clear. It could be that one actually needs to understand the translation of each word, at least on a literal uh, sense. How does the uh, Shulchan Aruch Paskin? And by the way, both the Shulchan Aruch, both the Rashba and the Ra'ah that we saw, Paskin like Rava, meaning whatever the Kavana is, it's only for the first Pasuk that this extra level of Kavana is needed. And here the Shulchan Aruch in Orachayim, Siman Samach Paskins, HaKoreh Shema Velokiven Libob Pasuk Rishon, and he did not have intention on the first verse, Shema Yisrael, Lo Yatsa Yedechovato, he has not fulfilled his obligation. Vashar and the rest of Shema, if he didn't have intention, even if he was just reading the Torah, or he was just, you know, correcting, uh, um, you know, some, someone gave him uh, the parashiyot to correct. But it was at the time when he was had to restart Kriyat he fulfilled his obligation. As long as he fulfilled his, oblig his, his intention on the first Passover. And explains the Mishnah Bura. What does this mean, Kiven Libo? Kavana zohu litbonen velashum al libo. Mashu omer. Here the intention is not that I'm fulfilling a mitzvah of the Torah. Rather, I have to understand what this verse is meaning. Velakahu lehikuva rak bepasukrishon. And if I don't, I actually have not fulfilled my obligation. Now, it seems that the Mishnah Bura seems to be focusing on Kabbalat O Machut meaning as long as I understand in general the idea, um, um, that, that seems to be good enough, right? Um, but it could, you could understand the Mishnah Bura, he's saying no. Mashu Omer means literally you need to understand the translation. So it's not so clear uh, from the Mishnah Bura. Look at the uh, next Mishnah Bura. Afilim kaven Even if beforehand, you know, before he recites Kriyashma, he says, okay, I'm going to recite Kriyashma and fulfill the mitzvah of Kriyashma. Mikomakom 
But if he got distracted, and over here, Lichora, we're talking about the first uh, uh, the first uh, Pasuk. He hasn't fulfilled his obligation for uh, Kriyat Shema. Okay. Jonathan. 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 Okay. So now, um, now let's just clarify. So which one is it? <laughs> is it understanding the literal meaning of the words, or is it uh, is it the general understanding of the uh, of the uh, of Kriyat Shema? Of Kabbalat or Machut Shema. It says the Alkut Kaseh. Kishikore Kriyat Shema Tzarich Lechaven Shemekabel Alav or Machut Shema. When a person recites Kriyat Shema, he has to have intention to accept upon himself the yoke of Hen. V'zok Kavana Hamakebet. This is the critical intention that if you don't have it, you haven't fulfilled your obligation. V'misiach Libo Beemsa Kriya V'chashav Al Varim Acherim. And if you start thinking about, you know, how's he going to get to work? Uh, is there going to be a uh, all different types of things? V'chashav Al Varim Acherim. Lo Yatsai hasn't fulfilled his obligation. Sharei Lo Kibel Alav O Machut Shemayim. O Lechatchila Gnachon Shichaven Gam Peroshamilim. And Lechatchila also understand the literal meaning of the words. Meaning, Yalkut Yosef is saying categorically, we pass him like the Rashba. The Ikar is to, to be Makabo o Machut If you can understand the literal meaning of the words, you know, whether you're a uh, English speaker, a French speaker, a Spanish speaker, great. Learn it. Learn what these words mean. But if you don't and you understand in general what I'm saying when I say Kriyat Shema, that's good enough. Now, the uh, Chidush, the Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach says Chidush one step further. What have we set up until now? We've set up until now that as long as a person is saying what he's saying, let's take the mitzvahs of Lulav. The mitzvah of Lulav, we say, has two components. Component number one, I know that I'm holding a Lulav. Component number two, I know that I'm picking up a Lulav to fulfill the obligation of of uh, that the Torah commanded me to take on the first day of Sukkot to take a lulav. So those are two components. I know what I'm physically doing, and and I have intention that the reason why I'm doing it is to fulfill the mitzvah. Then came the third component for Kriyat Shema that we also have to have a, a the, what is the purpose of this mitzvah, not just a general, I'm fulfilling the word of God, but I'm accepting all Malchut Shemayim. Here, Rav Shlomo Zalman Arbach says, what happens if I don't have that third component? And here's a chidush to say that if I don't have that third component, it's as if, going back to the parallel to the mitzvah of, of lulav, it's as if I'm holding a cucumber, meaning I'm not even doing cognizant of doing the action. Let, let's see the words of the, the, the Rav Shlomo Zalman in that. He says like this. Let's, let's go... Uh, to the second paragraph. This all works regarding performing of a mitzvah, meaning as long as I have a basic understanding of what I'm doing, it's, it's good to go. But let's say a person is reading Kriyat Shema on, he's shooting on automatic, but he's basically... He, he, he sits down, he's just, his, his lips are moving, but he's not even, you know, aware of it. Because he's not, 
It could be that a person is is so uh, um, so adapted. Uh, it's, a, it's, it's so common for him just to recite the Amida that his lips are moving without him even realizing what he's saying. He says like this. According to this could be the definition of mitasek. What's mitasek? Basically, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not sure if I'm holding a lulav or I'm holding a cucumber. I, I, I really don't even know that. Right? That although shchita doesn't need intention, that if my mind is somewhere else, it's as if I didn't even, I wasn't holding the knife. It's as if, you know, some machine was shechting the animal. The garetvei, the chen inyan shabbos dimin memelechet machshevet mit asek lav klumim. And also regarding Hilchot Shabbos, that if a person doesn't even know what he's doing, he leans against the wall and he happens to switch on the light by mistake, that's not shogeg. That's not inadvertent. That's, he didn't even know what he was doing. Perhaps he hasn't even fulfilled, he hasn't even done anything. It's not that he even committed the action. So there, this is a big chiddush of Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach, that Rav Shlomo Zaman Arbach is basically saying that regarding Kriyat Shema, and for that matter, Tfila, if you don't have the third component of Kavana, you might not even have the first component of Kavana, which is basic, a basic understanding of what I'm doing. Now, there is a difficulty of why the, why, with that, because the Shulchan Aruch says like this, what happens if a person um, right now, appears also in the first paragraph and in the second paragraph. Now, you're not sure if you say, are you at the end of the first paragraph or are you at the end of the second paragraph? So, what is the what is Shukhanarach rule? They're basically, well, if you if you if you carry on the next sentence and what comes out of your mouth is then you're at the end of the first paragraph. But if what comes out of your mouth is Bayomer, then obviously you have the second part. But here, clearly, everything was being done by Rogt. And nevertheless, the Shulchan Aruch kind of said that that was on a certain level okay. So the, the, the um, Shlomo Zalman Arbach is not convinced of his, own, uh, of his own understanding, but nevertheless, he puts it out there. Okay. Now, what is Halachanamaita? What, what difference does it make? So we, we need this elevated level of intention of Kavana regarding Kriyat Shema, at least the first passage. What, what does that mean practically? And we have four practical nafkaminas regarding this thing. Says the Shulchan Aruch in Siman Samach Gimel. Ikara Kavana v'pasuk Rishon. The main intention is in the first verse. Hilkach im kara v'lo kiven libo v'pasuk Rishon. If he did not have this intention, he hasn't fulfilled his obligation. He has to repeat the Kriyachma. Even according to those Rishonim who hold that mitzvot do not need intention, here regarding Kriyachma, we saw that this is a different level of intention needed, and everyone agrees that if you didn't have intention, you didn't fulfill your obligation, and you have to repeat it. Explains the Mishnah Bura, 
אפילו אם קודם שהתחיל לקרות נתכוון לקריאיהם והקריאת מצווה תעשה את הקריאת שמע. A person, uh, uh, 30 seconds before קריאת שמע, 15 seconds before קריאת שמע, said I'm, I'm about to fulfill the מצווה of קריאת שמע. מכל מקום, באמצע פנה ליבו לדברים אחרים, but a, a few seconds later got distracted, that is not considered קבלת אומחות שמיים and he has to repeat. And he explains the Mishnah <laughs> So even if he's already done the first paragraph and the second paragraph, and then he realizes that the first paragraph he didn't have, the first uh, verse, first Pasuk, he didn't have the correct intention, then what do you do? So, uh, he hasn't fulfilled his obligation. So what is the rule of the second paragraph? What do you do? Complete the paragraph that you're in. Okay, so now you're in the second paragraph, complete it. So you go back and you recite Shema, right? Uh, so you go back you finish the first paragraph and then you go back to the second paragraph meaning that you don't repeat the, the, the second paragraph you skip you do the first paragraph and then you skip back to the third paragraph okay um Sorry. Yeah, that's 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 what it seems to be saying. That's what the Mishnah says. I wasn't expecting that, but that's uh, that's what he says. Okay. Um, says Modehacha over here. Even if you don't agree with mitzvot and tshichot kavana, here everyone agrees. Why? Even though one doesn't have intention to fulfill the mitzvah. Everyone agrees that you need Kabbalat Omachutchamaim, a certain a correct intention of acceptance of the yoke of heaven in the first Pasuk. Now, Rab, the Tzitzeliezer, Rab Waldenberg, just clarifies what it means that one hasn't fulfilled one's obligation. As long as he fulfilled his obligation, as long as he had intention in the first passage. Although he already mentioned that at the beginning, so why did the Rambam repeat it? Nirani says the Tzitzeliezer, this is why the Rambam repeats it. And the general uh, says that he was, you know, if you don't have intent while reciting the first uh, Pasuk, then he doesn't uh, fulfill the mitzvah. Okay, what about the other three paragraphs, right? That mitzvah of the other three paragraphs, even though I didn't have intention, 
דווקא כש... I think that might be a, a, a tapping era, era. That is dabka miyakeban libo v'pasuk rishon, right? That is specifically if he had intention on the first pasuk. Azay lo ma'akevim lo kiven b'shach. That's when he hasn't, you know, he doesn't have to repeat the rest. Aval im lo kiven libo v'pasuk rishon. But if he didn't have intention for the first pasuk, azay lo yatsa af yedei chovat kol ha'parshiyah. He hasn't fulfilled his mitzvah of the other parashiyot as well. Mikevan shelo kiven karoi ba'afchala. V'tzarich lachzor lo rak al pasuk rishon ki im kol ha'parashiyot. He has to fulfill his obligation by reciting the entire Kriyat Shema. So that is, um, and he just finishes by explaining. V'tam ha'davar yesh lomar. And I'm going to explain this to you. Mishum daha ha'koren ha'mafreya lo yatsah. We have a cloud that if you read backwards, if you read in out of order, you haven't fulfilled your mitzvah. I'm still not sure why the Mishnah therefore paskened that you could jump around. You could say the first paragraph of Shema and jump to the third paragraph of Shema because you had intention when you said the second paragraph. I'm not sure about the Mishnah From what I understand from the Tzitzi Lezer, one would have to recite the entire Kriyat Shema Kisidran, not, not jumping uh, back and forward. I, I, I think because the, the Parshiyot are separate entities and are, are actually in the Torah, not in order. Right? And the Mishnah gives reasons why we do it in this order. But right. because they're in the Torah, they're not really in order. Therefore, if you do the, them out of order, it's okay. Yeah, no, I understand that you know, if you do them out of order it would be okay, but you're now doing it out of order from, from the, you still have to have the first, the first Shema Yisrael Shema Lekan Hashem Echad, and then Vayayim Shamoah. Here you're doing Vayayim Shamoah, and then Shema Yisrael Shema Lekan Hashem Echad. The first sentence goes with the first paragraph. It's part of the first paragraph. Right, right, right. right. Okay, I suppose that is seems to be the chat of the uh, Bura. I'm not sure whether whether the Tzitzilezer would agree with that. I think I, the the chat of the Tzitzilezer seems to be that you know, if you didn't have intention in the first pasuk, you should go back and recite everything uh, in in that order. But I, I might be mistaken. I might be mistaken. But it could be that it's machloket between the Tzitzilezer and the Bura. Um, but we'll leave it as a, a tzarichion for now. Okay. The second nafkemina is there's the shulchan aruch. Person who's traveling, who's walking, although theoretically you're allowed to carry on walking, but the first Pasuk one has to stand still because you cannot have complete intention when one's walking. One's, one, one has to see when one's going, right? It's just uh, so, so this would be very problematic to, uh, to be, um, to, to, to basically be driving or do anything like that and be recite the first uh, paragraph, the first uh, verse of Kriyachma. Says the Mishnah Bura, Hayam Alech, Afal Gav Dele'el Sif Aleph Mashma de Minadin Mutali Krot Shuma Alech. We know that the Ikaradin, you're allowed to say Kriyachma while walking. Mikoma Komitsam in Amukhar Lamot Bishat Pasuk Rishon. One should stand for the first Pasuk, do Ikar Kriyachma, Lapisha Nomi Yushad. Because he's not, he can't gather his thoughts so well. 
ואינו יכול לכוון כשהוא מהלך כאשר היה יושב. ובדיעבד, however, this is important, בדיעבד, אם קרה כשהוא מהלך, אינו צריך לחזור ולקפוץ. קוראים של פרימקדים, בדיעבד, this would work if, even if you didn't do it, and you didn't, stay, uh, you didn't stand still. A third practical ramification. אם היה ישן, מצערים אותו, ומאירים אותו עד שיקרא פסוק ראשון, והוא ער ממש. So this is, uh, could happen, uh, your, your person sitting next to you in, in the shul, the, the rabbi's speech was, was uh, very long and, and, and not, so, uh, not so captivating, and he fell asleep. And now the chazan starts barchu and is about to start kriyachma. So the guy needs to be, you wake him up, uh, and he kind of wakes up. He recites the first verse, awake, so if he says the rest in a doze, you don't need to give him a poke. Even though uh, he's, he's dozing off, for those uh, who have uh, teenage children, this, this could often happen in shul, that they are waking up from the, from after this, the short sleep that they got from the, uh, from the Rav's uh, drosha on Friday night. Some of them coming back from the army very tired. So they managed to wake themselves up and say the first paragraph, the first verse of Kriyachma, fully awake, but, but they're dozing off towards the end of Kriyachma. So says the Shulchan Aruch, he still fulfilled his obligation huh? in that case. But for the first passage, he needs to manage to be awake. The fourth ramification. Okay, so we saw that the, if you didn't have intention, you have to be choser, you have to repeat it. You also should be standing still. And also you should be fully awake. And the third and the fourth practical ramification of this unique intention explains the Shulchan Aruch. No hagin. It's not an absolute halacha. It's a minag. Likrot pasuk rishon bekol ram keden orer kavana. One should say it out loud. And then he says, No hagin liten yedehem al pnehem bekriyat pasuk rishon kedei shelo yistakel bedavar acher shemon omil chaven. The purpose of closing, of covering one's eyes is really to take away from distractions that we might be seeing, and that way we are fully able to to um, to focus on to focus on the words that we are saying. Those are the obligation for the unique kavana for kriyatshma and the practical four practical ramifications, as we saw, basically relating to the first paragraph. Let's continue to the, and here's a, a nice summary of it, um, which we basically, we accepted the first Pasukoni, and that Kavana, according to the Ra'ah, is a literal, more literal. The Rashba is the general accepting, and those are the four uh, ramifications. Now, what about the word Echad? Here we have another, uh, what do we have to do when reciting the word Echad? Sumchus would say, The person elongates, extends uh, reciting the word echad, he will have long life. But when you, when you recite, the word echad is so what point should you extend? So says Rav Yaakov, Rav Achabar Yaakov, the dalet, echad, echad, as opposed to Amar Avashi, but he shouldn't just, uh, uh, you know, rush through the chet. 
right? So I, I rush through the chet. No, echad. So you, you still give a certain emphasis to the chet, but your main emphasis is on the dalit. And Rav Yirmi Abiyatif commented Rav Chia Bar Abba, he saw that he was mamish extending uh, this a long time. And he explained to him, that what do you have to have intention? That Hashem rules in the heaven, on the earth, and the four directions. So all of that, when, you see, when you're reciting the word, that should be basically one's intention. Now, Rav Cook, we're not going to, we, 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 I'll say it outside. Basically, Rav Cook says, what's the connection? If a person has intention that uh, when reciting Shema Yisrael, Hashem again, Hashem Echad, you know, Hashem rules the heaven and the earth in the four directions, so he gains long life. Markesha, what's the connection? He explains Rav Cook that basically the purpose of life, right, uh, life is a means. To a purpose, right? So if you have a purpose, then Hashem gives you the means. If you don't have a purpose, you don't need the means, right? If you're going to give charity, if you're going to be a Baal Chesed, so Hashem will give you money, so you can be a Baal Chesed. If you're not going to be a Baal Chesed, why do you need the money, right? If you have a purpose, to bring into this world, to reveal Hashem in this world, Hashem rules above, below, in the world. Okay, so you've got a you've got a purpose for your life. You got a purpose for your life. So Hashem's got to give you extra days to fulfill that purpose. But if you don't have the purpose, you don't have the, you don't need the means. And the means over here is living, right? So Bezrat Hashem, we should all every every time we want to be Makade Hashem Shamayim. We want to bring Hashem into this world. Really, Hashem saying, okay, you you're doing my work. I'm going to give you the means to do that, and that's that's extra life. Right? That's uh, extra days in there. So that that's uh, the Rav Kuk over here, where you can read it uh, inside afterwards. But let's, uh, let's continue. Uh, we'll also skip the story of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, the famous story of Rabbi Akiva, when he was killed by the Romans, uh, 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 he said, Hashem Echad. And uh, a bat call came out and says, Yatsa, bat call, vamra, Ashrecha Rabbi Akiva, Sheyatsa, Nishmacha, Bechad. Meaning, Rabbi, Rabbi Akiva's whole purpose in life was to bring in the reveal of in this world. And he was able to complete that Pasuk and, and, and really. Uh, kind of through his death also fulfill this uh, this idea. Now, let's go into the practicalities of it. We said Dalit. What he meant to do with the Dalit? Says says Rashi, below the Chet. Don't, you don't have intention with the Chet. Why? You, I, you, you shouldn't extend the Chet. The Gemara says you shouldn't, you shouldn't rush the Chet, but you don't have to extend the Chet. You don't say Echad. Well, sorry. Echad. Right? You don't have to do the uh, very long. Why, says Rashi, the below Dalit, without completing the third letter of the word, I don't know what I'm saying, meaning I'm, 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 uh, I'm, I'm, I'm giving a kvetch. I'm saying, that, that means nothing. It only, has, it only has meaning when you complete the Dalit. Yeah? So says Rashi, what's the point? About the Dalet, but once you reach the Dalet, meaning, according to Rashi, the thought of Hashem rules in the heavens and in the earth and all the directions, 
is all on the dalit. Because if you do it earlier on, well, yeah, you're just giving a kvetch. That's a shit of trash. However, the tour understands differently. Then according to the tour, some say, then no, when you, you, you do extend the pronunciation of the word of the letter chet, and you're thinking Hashem rules the heaven above and below. And when you, when you say the dalet, that's when you think about the four, the four directions, right? And he, and he brings a proof for it. Okay. And he says like this, What's the proof? From the Gemari Menachot, the Gemari Menachot says, why, if, if you look at the Chet, let's just skip uh, to the, let's skip to the bottom of the page here. You look at the Chet, there's like a, a gag, right? there's a roof. Why is it? So the Gemari says, yeah, there's a tour. Chatre legage the Chet, that basically there's, they, 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 they put like this hump at the top of the Chet, because it's like a roof. Why? To show that Akash Baruch Hu is in the heavens. Meaning, the actual letter chet is, is, is reminding us of Akash Baruch Hu, uh, in the heavens. Like Rashi or like the Tur. That's the, the pinnacle of the Chet. So, that you divide your intentions between the Chet and the Dalit. Okay. There's a Mishnah Meaning the timing has got to be one third chet, two thirds dalit. The yeshomrim and some say this is shita trashi. What are you doing uh, being marich bechet? So the gra over here we have on the one hand the tour, and that's how the shulchan aruch paskin. On the other hand, you have rashi and Bill Nagon paskin yakim. The baked yosef, the yalkut yosef. Who did he pass in A surprise, surprise. Sarich la'arich ma'at ba'ot chet shelechad k'day she'amnich ha'tegosh baruch hu b'shamayim v'aretz. Okay, basically, he sides with the Shulchan Aruch. No big surprises over here. Um, now, um, let's just uh, <coughs> say the Midrash uh, says that uh, one has to be careful. Look at the, the Midrash. Midrash Rabbah says um, Sorry. Uh, so I'm just uh, reading the notes over here. The word chet, the reason why it reminds us of Shemayim is because the way it is formed, the, the roof of the chet uh, is pointing to the, over here, the roof of the chet over here. This, this uh, little point over here points that Hashem rules uh, in the heaven. He's high, he's living chet, high in the heavens. Okay. Now says the uh, says Mishnah uh, says the Midrash. Shema Yisrael Hashem Aliyah Hashem Echad. Im at Ose Dalad Reish. Here a person can mistakenly instead of saying Echad say 
Echar or Acher, the Dalit can sometimes be swapped with the Raif. And Chas you could be saying that there is Hashem Acher, mean there's another God. If you do such a thing, if you mispronounce the Dalit, you destroy the world because you're basically saying, instead of trying to describe the unity of Hashem, you're basically saying the duality of a Baruch right? Um, okay. So this is also brought down in the Yushalmi and the Torah. Meaning we got to be very careful when you're a person says the Dalit, it's a D and it's not a R. Okay, so 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 what you think? And this is also brought down in Shokanarov, Yadgish Bedalit, Shalotaikarash. Okay, final final topic that we'll say very briefly. How when one pronounces uh, pronunciation during in general during uh Kriyatra. So says the Mishnah in Brahwa Takreshma Veloishmiya Law is not person who recited it, but his ears didn't hear, Yatsa, going to the Tanakama is Yotse. Rabbi Yoyzomer Lo Yatsa. He hasn't fulfilled his obligation, right? And Karabah, uh, if one recited it but wasn't pronounced, uh, didn't pronounce it properly, Rabbi Yosemir Yatsa, Rabbi Yudomir Loyatsa. So here Rabbi Yudomir says Loyatsa. How do we pass it? Shulchan Aruch. So bottom line, we pass it if you didn't, weren't careful with the pronunciation, you saw with Yatsa. However, Tzarech La'ashmiya Ma, Similarly, the Shulchan Aruch even if your ears didn't hear, you still fulfill your obligation as long as you moved your lips. You, you, you said something. It's not that he didn't recite the letters and the, 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 the words. Listen, if a person just Says blah, 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 blah. he didn't say anything, he hasn't fulfilled his obligation. Right? He didn't pronounce them properly, he didn't give the the uh, correct uh, the correct uh, either separate uh, separate the words, or he didn't pronounce them, give a, a certain dagate on them. That, but the image you saw yourself. Now, Rav Moshe Feinstein um, um, says as follows: This is strange. If I, if I run the two words into each other, right? I'm, I'm, I'm missing a lamed. So my time is Why have I fulfilled my obligation? According to the Shulchan Aruch, I fulfilled my obligation. As we said, the Mishnah says, um, I've messed out a letter. And now the the, the of Moshe says something over here, which I think is very critical um, for in, in, in general, for all Hilchot Filah. This is the way people talk. This is considered a language. And in any language, you can recite And even a strange, messed up language is still considered a language. Okay, so now, why is this important? There's a discussion in today's DAF. Those who are doing DAF Yomi, uh, the people from Beit Shan and the people from Haifa, um, they, didn't, uh, they weren't allowed to recite Birkat Kohanim. 
in certain places because because their language was all all messed up. They couldn't pronounce the pronounce the words properly. What Rav Moshe Feinstein is is saying is that if that's the normal way of speaking, then that becomes acceptable. Now this is very critical because the Gemara says they didn't distinguish between an aleph and an ayin. I don't know many Ashkenazim that are able to distinguish between an aleph and an ayin. Right? Unless you're a serious Sfari Taimani, even them, not clear that they know the difference, etc. So who fulfills the obligation between an aleph and an ayin? We all, we all come from Beitshan. We all come from Chaif. Right? But if we accept this general position of the Igrot Moshe, it could be that that's, that's the way we speak. And basically, um, uh, the Minchat Asher, Rav Osher Weiss, has a chuba. We're discussing, we're discussing, you know, people come from, uh, if they're coming from North America, when, they, when they're reciting uh, Hebrew, it's got a very North American accent. U.S. accent, come from South Africa, you know, it's got a South African accent, from England, etc. He says, it doesn't make a difference. That is not... That's still considered the way of speaking. That's considered the language. And I think it fits very nicely with the street of the Igrot Moshe. And therefore, there's no problem that a person who's non Israeli is the Shaliyah Tzibur and, and he can still fulfill the obligation. Okay. Um, the the Piske Chuvot, I want to end off with this Piske Chuvot, says that basically what happens if a person can't hear? We said that the Chatchila, Yishmielo, is not, that your ears should hear. So what happens if. Uh, if you're, you're, you're dabbling in a place where, you know, there's a guy drilling outside, uh, making a, a huge tumult, um, and you can't even hear yourself, do you have to raise your voice? Or is it good enough that, let's say, if he stopped, you would definitely be able to hear yourself? So he says in the Shulchan Aruch, it's that's not good enough that, you know, in theory, you would be able to hear your ears. You actually have to uh, be able to hear. Where do we find this machloket? We find this machloket by a microphone. Meaning, what happens? You you go to a you go to a chupa, right? And the uh, the the chosen says in front of the edim hareat mekudeshetli with the microphone. So the the edim didn't hear the the, uh, the 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 chatan his voice. They heard it through the microphone. Is that a problem or not? Now, it could be that it's dependent on the smachloket. If we say that in theory, if the microphone wasn't, wasn't working, they would definitely have heard it. Then that's good enough, right? And there's machloket between the poskim. Some are machmir, that the chatan doesn't say it, or the machmir, that the, the edim can hear it without the, without the microphone, etc. But it could be regarding this. Here, regarding Kriyat Shema, the Piskei Chuvot says that according to the Shulchan Aruch, it seems that it's not good enough that in theory you could you could hear, rather in practice you also need to to hear. Okay, um, there are just a few final halachot. Um, that basically you just have to separate um, the, the the letters to to break it to make uh, correct pauses. So uh, I'm just going to leave leave that out, and I'll just end off with a very nice machshava uh, piece of Rav, uh, Rav Lem, when we say Shema Yisrael, who is Yisrael? The pshat is that it's Yisrael, the nation. Shema Yisrael, here, all of Israel, right? But, it, but uh, Rav Lem says it's also, could be Shema Yisrael, Yisrael Avinu, meaning Yaakov Avinu. And we, we, we're really saying all of Am Yisrael. 
And we're also connecting it to Dorei Dorot, to Yaakov Avinu, that the Hashem Hashem Echad, the God that we believe is also the same as Yaakov Avinu, meaning Am Yisrael haven't changed. We, 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 we're starting it also to Am Yisrael, but also to Yaakov Avinu, that we still continuing the Masara, the correct Masara, and our understanding of Akash Baruch Hu hasn't changed from the Avot. You should all have a great week and uh, Shabbat Shalom, even though it's only Wednesday, but we're close, close by. Okay, Shakoach to everybody. Thank, thank you very much. Okay, well done. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.